0: Welcome to the Practice Squad Podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark, and there are officially, unfortunately, two weeks left in the NFL season. Well, but, three uh,
1: if you count the Pro Bowl.
0: Oh, yeah, because we're all Which just totally total strapped joke. in for the pro-, pro Bowl, right? Dude, the Pro Bowl <laughs> should,
1: is a joke.
0: Well, then, look, and I don't think this was really on our schedule to talk about because it's so irrelevant, but like, I like that they changed the format.
1: Dude, it's gonna be. I think it just because it's gonna get...
0: be like stupid, like races and mini games with absolutely yeah, no one, athletes, dude, Do like... I want to
1: watch? If I want to watch dodgeball, I'll just go watch the movie dodgeball with Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn. Like okay, I'm not yeah, gonna but, watch. Like,
0: you wouldn't want to see like I don't know Josh Allen throw a dodgeball at somebody. I mean,
1: maybe a couple times, but it'll get old pretty fast, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what they should look into doing to add to the mini games is do like boxing or something like that. Just do extra padded gloves and just have all these guys beat the shit out of each other. That'd be a Yeah, None of them would
1: none of them would do that, dude. You what do you mean? Me. It's, it's Tyreek wouldn't as... even Tyreek wouldn't even race Micah Parsons last year because he's gonna tear a hamstring. You know, it's a joke. I would that like to see funny. the quarterback throwing competition though, like the cannon arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to do because I kind of the equivalent jo-
0: of the dunk competition, but like oh, it's
1: sweet. Dan Marino yeah. and dude, those guys used to throw the hell out of dude, but Josh Allen would probably throw it. 85 yards in the air <laughs> right. and Mahomes might be right there with him.
0: Uh, that would, that would be cool. Regardless, uh, better than an actual game where none of them actually like do anything or tackle each other. So I, I think this was a step in the right direction of making the pro bowl less shitty, but it's still stupid. Like it's a still joke. not. Yeah. So, uh, look really quick announcement real quick before we get onto our guests. Cause we do have a guest for the first time in a while, which Mark and I are both super amped about. Um, But for AFC-NFC Championship, uh, Mark and I are going to do our first practice squad pod live stream. So we're for sure going to be live on YouTube and very high chance that we're going to be live on Instagram and Twitter. All at the same time, so you can tune in anywhere that you guys follow us on social media. We're going to be going live uh, 2 o'clock, which is an hour before, 2 o'clock Eastern, which is an hour before the Eagles-Niners game starts. And we're going to go into probably about the first quarter of that game. And then uh, we might do a second live stream kind of in between the games as well into Casey Bengals. So it'll be sweet. Come hang out. If you leave comments, we, we can interact with them real time. We're also going to be bringing some of our friends onto the show as we do that. So there'll just be guys um,
1: watching ball, hanging out, you know, the, just a bunch no, of guys. Nothing being better. Nothing better, but it should be fun it'll be entertaining to say the least we'll have I'm going to play some bets you know so I'll be sweating out some bets I know John's gonna as well yeah we'll We'll be talking odds all that good stuff exactly oh yeah um all right and
0: uh you know um obviously you know Mark is generally the guy that has all the awesome football connections to get our guests on so I'm going to let him intro but uh we have um a GVSU legend and now aspiring
1: coach Matt centers on Mark you got anything else to say Dude, you said it. you spot on. Linebacker at Grand Valley, was a uh, teammate of my brother's there. Uh, I've had the pleasure to hang out with him, party with him. Very entertaining. Was a great player. He's now uh, coach, student assistant coach for Grand Valley. And um, we're excited to have him on. He's also a huge Bengals fan. Little Hootay Nation. So let's get him Little on. Houdé. Let's see how he feels. Relevant stuff to talk see about. how he's feeling. He's probably feeling pretty good. Centers, how are we doing, man?
2: Not too bad. How are you guys?
1: We're just living the dream, man. Yeah, we're, the dream. we're probably not as happy as you are, though.
2: Oh yeah, Bengals in the in the championship, Nothing better. Second, are you getting used to center. that? Yeah. Centers? Is that I gonna be know. like a? It's they're they're just fun to watch right now, man. It's you, you kind of like don't even look at the games. You just you just like enjoy and watch them play.
1: So obviously, like the Lions, Cincinnati's been a shit show. Of a oh, franchise yeah. for pretty much your whole life right yeah that's
2: what i grew up on the marvin lewis area
1: yeah that's not that's not a fun era to live up you know what i mean so how does it feel because i just want to know because me and john envy that right and i feel like the lions are getting close to having our coming to moment mm-hmm. but you're already living it i mean you have you have your guy you got burrow you got some dudes around burrow you were in the super bowl last year a lot of people are saying this is your year to win it I mean, what does it feel like? Are you just like, dude, the next 20 years, I'm just going to be chilling, talking shit to
2: everybody? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's nice because, like, the Bengals don't have any Super Bowls, you know? And that a, one of the – I think they've been to the Super Bowl three, four times. I can't remember. But, I mean, you know, I haven't won one. So, I would like to say I don't want to get my hopes up. But, I mean, I think they're due for one soon, you know, in the next couple of years at least, if not this year. So, I mean, it's super exciting. I mean, it's just – they're just a gritty football team, you know, like blue collar. Pretty football team. Yeah.
0: And, you know, similar to kind of how the Lions season was uh, under Dan Campbell the first two years, right? Like, I think everybody kind of counted him out that first year that Joe Burrow kind of came onto the team. And mm-hmm. then obviously he tore his ACL and his season short, but you can kind of see like sparks that something was different. Um, that, that first rookie year with Joe Burrow, like, do you, did you feel like there was something special brewing there or did it kind of take until his second season to kind of notice, oh, like things are actually coming to, coming into play this time?
2: No, it was, uh, you could definitely tell like during that season, like you, there was a lot of trust in that offense. I mean, obviously they, they needed a, a better offensive line. He was getting sacked almost damn near probably six, seven times a game, which is insane. He made, I think the past, not including this year, the past two years. For his first two seasons, he was the most set quarterback in the NFL, or something like that. And I mean, obviously, for a great offense, you, you can't have your quarterback on the ground, especially a yeah. franchise player like him. Uh, but I mean, it's it, when they went, I think they went what one and 13 or something like that. What was it?
0: Yeah, it was, not, it was rough. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys were high enough to pick Burrow that following yeah. year.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it was just kind of getting him and the weapons around him, just kind of building. Uh, you know Taylor kind of really built that offense around burrow you know what I mean like getting his two guys from uh lSU you know I mean it's it's just kind of uh or uh, you got jamar Chase and then uh T Higgins you know I mean it's you got his two favorite weapons. Shit in that weapons yeah yeah so it's just kind of building that offense around Joe burrow
1: so right. centers kind of a um I guess off the off Cincinnati but we'll get back into more Cincinnati so you're helping coach at Grand Valley yeah yeah um, so you were with Coach Matt Mitchell, who obviously the news is broke that he's heading to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, I guess, the best thing that you learned from Coach Mitch and you know, obviously kind of how are you feeling about him leaving and how do you feel about the uh hire of Coach Wooster as well? You know, a lot's happening in Grand Rapids. I know some Grand Valley people will probably tune into this episode to mm-hmm. check you out. What's kind of the feel there? I mean, being you were on the staff, you know, kind of being in that room. What is that? What's the feel going on in, in, in Grand Rapids right now in Allendale?
2: Uh, I mean, there's a lot of buzz going on for sure. But uh, you know, Coach Mitchell coming in, like he was, he was one of those guys that you just wanted to play ball for. You know, he, he was coming in, being a player for the for three years under under him. He's just a great, uh, great coach, great person. You know, great, great family man. You know, like really is really passionate about what he does and, and how he does it. I mean, he's a realist. You know, he's it's. uh it's black or white. It's black or white with him. There's no gray. You know, like yeah, yes or no. You're either doing it or you're not doing it. You know. So he was just a just a great coach. You know, and, and he inspired to not just make us into great football players, but like really into great men. I and mean, we'd have uh, Wednesdays with Mitch that teach us more about life and and just kind of how to operate money and. uh how to go through life and be a good man, be a good husband, you know, be a good son just and those, were, those were like really important outside of the football aspect is because yeah. you got a lot of coaches that just, you know, that they, they just want to win games. They don't really look Not many coaches the right,
1: care about that kind of stuff with their exactly. players, especially in today's college, you know, 100% it's, college all about, world.
2: it's all about money, you know, nowadays. And, and to him, it, it wasn't about that. It was, it was really kind of just making the best out of his players. That's awesome. Man. And
1: then, so, you know, you're obviously uh, with Wooster last year as well. Uh You, you obviously played for him. You coached with him the last year. I mean, mm-hmm. what's the, are you excited to have that, oh, yes. Um that how you think that's the right hire? I mean, I've, I think it's the right hire from what I've, you know, I've heard nothing but good things about Wooster recruited me uh when I was in high school as well. So I was able to kind of talk to him for a little bit when I was, you know, still playing, but You think that's the right move you guys think you're gonna head in the right direction with him
2: 100 percent. i mean he's I i know he played football at wayne state and he coached at wayne state for a long time but you could truly see like he's been a laker for a lifetime almost you know what i mean it's it's just kind of like the energy and the passion he brings into coaching is just like coach what he does and how well he does it and he truly cares about his players I mean, are you walking in the O line room and O lineman? You know, D two. You don't get all the snacks. You don't get everything D one level gets. You know, and and he's got tubs of snacks. You know, that's that he's he buys getting those himself. guys right. Yeah, getting those guys right. You know, and I was really hoping that he would be uh, the head coach because and, and keep it in house because we got a great staff and we got a, a lot of great players coming back and from talking with a lot of players is like that that's who they want the guy I mean it's it's almost you have to see how coach Wooster is in the building to uh kind of know how he is because he's just I mean he's he's one of the smartest coaches I've ever been around when it comes to like the fundamentals of things and just kind of scheming everything up and since I was helping out with the me and uh, Coach Fitzek were uh, running the scout team defense. I was always sitting in the offensive uh, staff meetings during the week and just kind of seeing how the opposite defense works. And and he just hearing him uh, scheme things up and everything. It's really interesting because he knows a lot about the game. And and like uh, like I said, he's he's a really good family man too. Me and him have spent uh, times like on away games this past fall, just cut chopping it up about family and. And he's really passionate about his daughter and uh, his wife, and he's just he's just that blue collar type of guy, you know. He grew up on a farm. The guy you want, yeah, you yeah, he's just natural killer. leader. Yeah, natural leader is a great way to put it. So, super excited for him. Uh, it's going to be great, and and just kind of if you look back, you got uh, Brian Kelly, and then it was uh, Chip Martin, and then it was uh, who else? I think it was then it was Mitch. Mitch, so, you know, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's so, just kind of keeping it in the house.
1: Yeah. And the, all those coaches have gone on to have great success and exactly. there's definitely a coaching, you know, sprout mm-hmm. grand values yeah. have become, you know, household names. So. Yeah. And that's, a, that's
0: great continuity. Cause it's probably, you know, a safe way to kind of keep up that success for sure. And then, you know, I kind of got a question just as far as continuity goes, right. Uh, former guest on the show, Steven Roncelli. So uh, how, how's dealing with that handful, uh, both as a, as a teammate
2: and a coach, uh, you know, Steve's Steve's my best friend. I'd say like like here like we we're, we're all really close, but I think like me and Steve get along. We get we got a lot of the same values and 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 I everything. Mean, we're just both crazy guys that just enjoy to have fun and just want to see other people laugh, you know. And so, I mean S- Steve's like I, we, it was really good like we we were good to like separate the the friendship from like football and, and back home and everything, but I mean we still have our have our moments, but I mean just seeing them on the field on game days, it's really exciting to watch your best friend and even with Cole and, and Abe and Cade and everybody, cause we're all, we're all super close. Just watching your, your, your boys go out there and just ball out. I mean, it's, there's, it's, it's a great feeling. Cause you know, like you're sitting on the silence and, and I miss playing and everything, but I, I enjoy coaching so much better and uh, just watching them from a different aspect, you know, it's, it's really enjoyable. And they call him. They don't call him Wild Boy for nothing, you know. He gets on the field, he's a Wild John,
1: what, John, what, what you don't know though is Centers is is pretty damn wild as well. He's he's <laughs> calm and collected when he needs to be, you know. Yeah. He can turn it on and off a little bit. A, well, a little that's bit the better. thing is Stevie just radiates. Stevie's all his, yeah. Insanity. Stevie doesn't have yeah. much of a you know off switch. Centers yeah. can like be proper when he needs to, but when he wants to be, those two are nightmare. So together. Uh,
0: Uh, Like, how do you feel like you see the game differently as a coach too. like, do do you and do you feel like there's like, ah, like, I kind of wish I understood this at a better level when I was a Mm -hmm. player too. like, do you feel like there was kind of like a transition there?
2: I mean, there was there's times where like, because I I think I mean, I think football comes down to like, there's certain amount of like schemes and and just kind of preparing everything. But at the end of the day, dude, you just got to go out there and ball, you know, like, just go out there and be a wild man and play football and yeah. just it's when you're when when you're uh, 6 inches in front of your face you know what i mean when you're one on ones and if 11 people can do that then your team will be unstoppable but yeah it's seeing it from a, a schematic sca- standpoint like coach lewis he is that man is always in the lab and he's always cooking up something different so it's really interesting to see how those coaches act and and you don't really see that from a player's perspective on like the late nights at the football center and everything like that and just breaking up film and just the little details that, that come into it. You know, you, as a player, you walk in and and you look at the film, you see like, okay, like this is their tendencies, but like, as a coach, you just kind of look back. You, you got to see the little details, like, like, uh, back in the old days, the, the pressure points on the fingers, man, if you, if the knuckles are white, then, then he's, he's coming downhill. If, if they're not, then he's pulling, you know, it's just kind of like little yeah, things like little that. Detail. It's really cool. Yeah.
1: Has that affected Matt, how you've, uh, how you've watched the game like you know with with teams you're not like any way related with like when you're just watching Cincinnati yeah. and Buffalo like I always like I found like the more I learned as a player then obviously I've gotten into coaching as well but the more I learned the more it's like more intriguing to watch the game And mm-hmm. I, I like look for things that I never used to look for when I'm just watching football casually like when I'm watching Cincinnati and Buffalo I knew pretty early on in that game like holy shit like they're gonna they can't stop them. Like if they don't change something on defense, this is not going to be a close game.
0: Yeah. That first drive right away. Absolutely. Like Buffalo yeah.
1: didn't adjust. And I'm like, this is going to be a very long day. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no. did you feel that? Like, did you see that early on watching that game? Like, Oh shit, we got this. Like, Cincinnati yeah, 100%.
2: I actually didn't watch the the first uh, quarter. I was on my way home uh, from uh, my girlfriend's house, but uh She had, uh, or not she, uh, yeah, but, like, watching that game, like, I mean, from watching it from a player, like, as a player, you're just watching, you're just kind of enjoying it, hoping there's big plays. But, like, seeing it outside of that and, like, as as a coaching aspect, you kind of look like, oh, well, well, what are they going to run to this coverage? What are they going to, what coverage are they in here? They ran this play to this coverage, you know what I mean? It's just kind of, yeah. so that's usually how I look at it. Yeah, And uh, how do you feel about, yeah,
0: sir, I was just going to ask, like, how do you feel about a uh, you know Eli Apple kind of slack John on Twitter a bunch too and and like Is as a fan are you like ah oh, yeah like talk your shit, he's the or worst you like, come man, on he's man. the worst. <laughs> yeah
2: I'm uh I mean Eli Apple we played at Ohio State was a really good ball player at Ohio State and everything you know played at New Orleans was was a decent ball player and I think he he actually bettered himself when he came to Cincinnati in my opinion you know I'm not a huge fan like playing I get, it's different like I I mean. I like to talk my shit every now and again, but I also, like, you got to act like you've been there, dude. Like, Cincinnati, they're still not getting – they're starting to get the respect they deserve, but they're fully not getting the respect they deserve. You know what I mean? Like, like last year, I mean, every game they were underdogs. And going into the Chiefs uh, this next coming week, I mean, they're, they're underdogs. So, I just like, dude, just shut your mouth, go out there and play ball, get, get the dub on the next one.
1: Like, it's one thing if, like, Burrow talks shit, right? Because, like yeah. – He's backed he's, it up. He does more. Your cool, Eli yeah. Apple's like, he's the liability on that defense. Like, right. he's the he's the guy who's been on four teams in seven years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. he's, talking, he's talking shit to one of the best receivers in the NFL. I, You know, it's easy to talk shit to once you've won. You yeah. know what I mean? I
2: saying, I, you guys seen the clip of him, act, like, acting like he's smacking the, on yeah. the bench. And I that I, I didn't like that. You know, like you guys know you guys won the game. Like, stay focused. You guys know you got the Chiefs next week. You know, does come it on. Worry you, like, do you believe... All right,
1: two questions. One, do you believe in football karma?
2: Yes. <laughs> okay,
1: so does that not worry you a shit ton when, like, Eli Apple's doing that and they have to go into the
2: Chiefs' kingdom and right, try and then, to beat Right, yeah, no, your
0: MVS just beats him over top for a touchdown?
2: Yeah, no, there, there's going to be plays that's going to be made on him for sure. And... But, I mean, I don't know. Like, going into the Chiefs' game, I'm not really too... I mean Chiefs are a great football team, but I just I think Joe Burrow's got that number. Three and zero against up. them. Yeah, right? man, yeah. Like, doesn't that make Patrick you feel Mahomes good about it? What did you say? It was a minor sprain or a sprained ankle, whatever it was. Like our D line's gonna get after it. We showed what we could do against the Bills O line. And I think if we just get after Patrick Mahomes and we're just gonna shut him down because we, we beat him early in the season, you know, Jermaine Pratt, uh just, absolutely stripping Travis Kelsey in midfield the, this earlier this season man so, that play was amazing i that yeah, play like really, sticks out in my beautiful. memory Be- beautiful especially on travis kelsey the right i would say this not arguably but he is the best tight end in the league right now oh yeah yeah what so.
1: Matt what is like the play in the I guess this year but like also the last two years that like Cincinnati fans just will not like I mean is there one play that's just like dude this was like the coolest thing I've seen a Bengals team do in this last two years is there a single play
2: I would probably say the the Ravens I mean obviously I I feel like that was I feel like it's a little bit cliche I feel like I could if I really thought about it I could pick something but from recently just that Ravens game like that was a that was a crazy, it was, electric. I mean, that was a 14 point swing. It was, yeah, it was crazy. It changed completely. They were driving down, you know, yeah. and I'm not sure why they ran a QB sneak on a it was damn near the two yard line, yeah, you know, and he jumped had to over. Go over top, yeah, yeah. It was just, I don't know, but I was just recently that was a great play. Logan Wilson, like playing backer, dude, that, that dude is all around, like me head backer, uh, played at Wyoming, just cowboy. Just shows up every week, you know, and just does his thing. Doesn't say a whole Wait, lot. Played against
1: he him in that uh, in that Idaho Potato Bowl.
2: I know that's what yeah. Cole was saying.
1: Yeah, it was sick. He, was a, he was a stud there too. Him and Joshy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Joshy Allen. What What's your opinion on? Um, I mean, I don't know. I put a TikTok out. It's gotten some differing, uh, different opinions. But what do you would? Where would you rank Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow if you had to put them in a one, two, three? Oh. Right now, like, you know, ne- this weekend doesn't matter, just after this past like this past few games.
2: I would probably rate probably Mahomes just cuz he's he's a playmaker, you know. Like he has a strong arm and he's a playmaker. He just he just makes plays. He's he's a ball player. And then I would say probably Joe burrow and then josh allen like that's how that's how i had it too that's
0: i think that's how i'd rank it but man it is it is so close close, close. because the thing is is like how do you say that the guy that's gotten beaten by the other guy three times is the better quarterback right and i know it it doesn't equate like that man burrow's just so clean like i don't i don't think he has quite the same playmaking ability that mahomes has but like josh allen it's just such clean football.
2: Like, yeah, he's, and- he's just a perfect pro-style quarterback, you know, like Josh Allen. Like, he's he's just huge, and he knows that he can run down the field, and if he's got to truck somebody, he can do it, you know. And he's also, like, a playmaker. Jo- uh, just Joe Burrow is just that pro-style, like, stereotypical NFL he's quarterback. He's an assassin, dude. Yeah, he's
1: – he's like, literally he's just picks up defenses. To- dude, I see so much of Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. Yeah, I see so much. It's like, and I and I said that when he was even in his like when they were doing the draft process with him, they're Mm -hmm. like someone, a few of the scouts were like, "This is like Tom Brady," and people are, "Are you crazy? You're going to compare this kid to the best ever?" And we're like, "Yeah, the way he just carries himself, his 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 demeanor, like
0: honestly, like literally, it's it's reminiscent of of young Tom Brady for sure." Um, not a bad
1: thing to have in in your back pocket, Simon. No, definitely not. No, not at
2: all. And and I'm glad they they spent some money on on some really good old line. Yeah. Uh, this year, you know, last yeah. year they were the number one team or the second to last team to uh most most sacked in a season, and that that's horrible. So you couldn't imagine if they were middle of the pack or if not top of the top of the pack. You know what I mean? Right. And they started
0: rocky. Um, yeah you know, in the beginning of the season. So I was, I was concerned for a second that those investments weren't going to pay off, but like probably around like week seven or eight or so, like, I really felt like that group started to click, which I mean, you know, play in line, there's a lot of chemistry you got to build. Like people just think, oh, just like, you know, be a big dude and and move people around. There's so much communication and stuff Mm -hmm. that happened the right way. So I'm I'm happy that he's not taking the sacks he's been playing for the, you know, been taking for the past Mm -hmm. two years, because that's huge for him having time in the pocket
1: with all those weapons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's a massive improvement.
2: I, I agree. John,
1: John, I sent you a tweet. Can you pull up the picture I sent you on Twitter? Of It's a, it's a little picture of you, Matt, uh, watching a game last year of Cincinnati. I just want to know if this is how you're going to be watching this weekend's game. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just going to be a simple... Yes or no. I'm I'm
0: just seeing this now for the first <laughs> like, time I, I
2: think there's I a lot of questions
1: this, I have but, about uh, this picture. I think <laughs> uh
2: I think this might be my first time seeing this picture.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so so here's
0: the so picture. there's, a, that, there's that the, oh, referring to.
2: This is so this is the
1: this is Cade Peterson who's clearly getting a nice back rub here from his pal. Oh, Nothing weird God. about it. The the flag in the back doesn't represent anything that's going on. No. Um but as you can see, he's wearing the Bengals, so he's repping his team. Cade's the quarterback at Grand Valley. Yeah, repping the Logan Wilson jersey. Now, is that how you watch every Bengals game with the boys? Like, you're just no, giving dude. giving your buddy a little rub down? You're no, getting I, mad at Cole I, for filming your
2: – That and you I, sh- I, did, I didn't shave my head in probably a week. I was being lazy, didn't shave my head.
1: I can imagine but. you might be annoying to watch a Bengals game with. Is there any truth to that? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> dude, I just
2: like I get into it, you know. Like, it's just
1: it's it's hard not, dude. If the Lions are playing right now, I would be such I would be the biggest asshole in the whole world. I, oh, dude, and I'd be.
2: And when I, I guarantee you, when like you know living here like next year, next fall or whatever, when the Lions are, are going undefeated or something and just playing really well and they're they're this close, you know, to winning yeah. a Super Bowl, like you you would have the same reactions, you know, but. Yeah, I can. I'm sure I can be obnoxious Like, uh, what was it when they had that fumble, dude? I started screaming. I was like, go, go. But oh, okay. I mean, any
0: I think any football fan yeah, on the face just, of the earth would have yeah. been going absolutely nuts. During yeah. that play anyways, Mark, that was, that was kind of a bold thing for you to say there to, or like uh, pull up there, because if you remember correctly, freshman year of high school. We had a a line of the entire football team, probably thirty of us, all yeah. giving each other back massages.
1: There's nothing wrong. I mean it. There's nothing wrong with a good back rub. It's just no, the concept you gotta, you gotta of help a back the boys rub sometimes. on your boy with a, a gay pride flag right behind it. You know yes, what I mean? Wearing yeah. the Bengals jersey. It's just an interesting look.
2: Yeah, and I, just... and I was up on. I was up on the. The backrest. I wasn't like my legs weren't wrapped around. Yeah, there was nothing weird going. Which was
0: an option though. You know, he's our starting
2: quarterback, dude. You got to make sure his shoulders good. He's got the golden arm. He's got the golden (laughs) arm. I mean, you could ask just about anybody too. You know, like I got hands like a masseuse. Yeah, (laughs) like I don't. I just don't hand those out to anybody either.
0: Right. Right. Putting a lot of muscle into it. We get it for sure. Um. All right, Matt. I think uh last question before we let you go, which I think I'm already going to know 50% of your answer, but uh what's your Super Bowl predictions and and uh who's going to make it happen?
2: It's going to be Eagles and Bengals. Uh Bengals win by 3. By yeah, very everyone. phenomenal. It's going to be one of the best Super Bowls in the last 20 years. Who would you How's rather that?
0: see between the two, uh, San Fran or Eagles? Obviously, I know you said Eagles. You think you're going to see there, but who, who's more beatable in your eyes?
2: Uh, I think the the Niners are. More beatable. Kind of. You got a you got a rookie quarterback. He's, he's 22 years old. You know that defense is going to get straight up after. I mean, he's got San San Fran has got some some playmakers, but that D line is, is Cox is going to get through the line. He's going to, he's going to punish that quarterback. And I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. Is there there's, there's, what? Third string. They're on their yeah. third string. I don't yeah, know. who their I had to look,
0: look it up backup. too. He, it's a, it's a 37 or 36 year old guy. I don't, I didn't recognize
1: yeah. his name when I saw it, but he's been in the league yeah. for a minute. So yeah. And Matt, so. Matt, the last thing I'll have you do here for us, you said that they're going to win by three against Philly in the Super bowl. Can you just, I'm assuming that means a game winning field goal. Yeah. You know, so it's paint fearsome. me the last I just want you in your words, the last two or three plays of the drive. What's gonna happen? Just if you just like if you close your eyes like this is what I'm seeing, this is your
2: vision. All right. So we're gonna go, you know, uh probably less than a less than a minute left, I'd like to say. You know, Eagles just chewing clock out on their drive, they end up scoring, you know, defense couldn't get a stop. So, offense, Joe Burrow and his offense, they, they go down, drive down the field. Uh, and it's going to be less than a minute and a couple quick outs, you know, saving some clock. Chunk so, yards. To get down, like it's, it's tied up, you know, tied up. And uh, they're going to drive the field, just chewing clock, chewing clock. They know that just a field goal Wednesday, they, they trust McPherson. And. Uh, Joe Burrow's going to scramble for about thirty yards to get him in a field goal range. Okay, he's, he's going to use th- the legs. All right, yeah, he's going to use his legs. You know, because they don't expect it. You know, yeah, the legs and, be the wolves, uh, man. Yeah, and then McPherson's going to hit a game-winning field goal. Bengals won Super Bowl. All right, All we're right. going like to hold you quiet. If this, if this right happens, off if this
1: is even even remotely close to what actually happens, you'll probably be pretty famous. So, yeah, yeah, we got the prediction right there. We got it. If we I got think, it, be
2: blacked out. So, yeah,
1: hey, we,
0: we really appreciate appreciate you coming on, talking football. And uh, we're really excited to, to see him uh, to take on KC and the AFC championship. Should be exciting. Yep, no doubt. Wish you the best, best of
1: luck, man. We wish you the best of luck. But I, I think he might have some issues with Mahomes coming in. That's just my thoughts. We'll see yeah, what we'll happens. See. But we'll see. He seems Sanders, to be healthy. Everybody.
2: Yep, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Peace. Yep. See you guys. Have a good one, Matt. Yep. Good dude. Good dude, good sign. Absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, we'll have to maybe uh get him invited to that live stream too. I think we're just gonna have a lot of our former guests on for that. Um, anyways, just send them all links so they can come hang out, talk ball, obviously. I mean, it's look, I hold the Super Bowl, obviously, very near and dear to my heart. Every football fan does. Should be a damn holiday. It should be. Or the Monday after or whatever. Yeah. This me. right here is the best week of football, though.
1: The championship
0: it's it's the four best teams. It, you're getting super bowl quality games without all the advertisements and the fake fans and the whatever like it's just it's hot it's the hot most John. football football weekend
1: it's a hot take but i can get behind that okay like like think
0: about it right like i'm always amped for the super bowl don't get me wrong but like okay everybody's bringing their family and girlfriends around and right. those people don't care about football as much as the guys that are watching it every week right uh there's a lot of distractions, right? Some of them good, some of them bad. Right? You got squares, you got food. That Rihanna, you got, yeah. You got the halftime show. You're getting advertised to like you've never been advertised to in your life, right? This is probably the most advertisements you watch. And some people like those, sitting. though. No, they're fun. Boom, you're on. They're fun, but that's not football, True. right? True. But but this this week you got you got the four best teams in the NFL, and they all have the Super Bowl to play for, so they're playing their hearts out. I mean like like just take last year's games for example even right yeah like you had a divisional matchup and then you had the bengals at kc as huge underdogs like yeah
1: i don't know in a crazy comeback yeah i mean you definitely you're onto something i can get behind that i mean i i'll anytime i can sit and watch you know like eight hours of straight ball instead of eight hours of commercial filled you know, halftime for an hour filled, got to listen to some, like my mom talk about to my sister about how much she loved that Budweiser commercial. Like, I don't need that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, I just, just want a lot of distractions. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So that's anyways, that's my take. Um, By the way, I don't know if anybody noticed about like three minutes into uh Center's interview, I, I realized that I forgot to put the banner up. So we got that. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you subscribe, like the video, comment, follow us on the other social medias, all that good stuff. We're trying to A lot do of good stuff coming up.
1: out on the, oh, there's a lot of good stuff coming out on the socials.
0: Yeah, we've, we've been at it and like, it's kind of weird because, you know, uh, I don't even think we talk about all the success that we have with the, the short stuff. Um, but, you know, Mark and I's clips and like hot takes on TikTok and YouTube do a lot better uh, viewership wise than the podcast does. And it's interesting because, you know, like, obviously this is like a long form podcast. We're not expecting 10,000 people to sit and hear us bullshit about football for an <laughs> hour and a half. But like, you know, we go on TikTok and we've had, what, a couple, a couple videos get uh, like probably over like 100- 100 yeah, we've a had a five couple or six in the time. tens of thousands, but then we've had, yeah. had a couple hundred thousand view videos too. So it's cool. Um, so make sure you follow us on there and keep up there, and all of it's obviously good for the main podcast too. You know, so of course. That's at least how I see of it. John,
1: yeah. we uh, we covered some of the Cincinnati game right a little bit, but you know, I think we got to talk Buffalo a little bit about what's going on there. I mean, totally. Centers was able to give us a good side piece there on the uh, on the Bengals, but what's going on with the Bills? So. Put it this way, every single Bills
0: playoff loss thus far under this McDermott-Allen era has been from defensive meltdowns. And I think the first two games, Allen, to some degree, was able to try to like will themselves back into being relevant for those games, obviously, especially last year against Casey that might have been the best football game I've ever seen in my entire life. Up there. But there's only so much you can do. And it's weird because like beginning of the year, that defense plays lights out. And I think you could have said you could say that for the past three years is that their defense, when the offenses are less experienced. Right. It's just aggressive downhill football. And it's a lot for somebody to handle. But then as it gets later into the year and and the offenses start, you know, wisening up to what defenses are doing, it's a lot easier for them to get picked apart, especially if the offense they're going against is really clean and disciplined, which is what happened, in my opinion. And it did not help, obviously, that uh, the Bills offense was really sputtering out pretty much since the beginning of that game in the first place. But really, uh, defensively speaking, like, they they did not hold up their end of the bargain. So that's my take, right? I know it was a little lengthy, but I'm just curious how you how
1: you kind of respond to that. Uh, I'm totally with you on the defensive side of things being an issue. I I also just have wondered, and every year it just seems like it's the same thing. Josh Allen is asked to do so much for their offense, and when he's not able, the one time that he's not able to do everything, they struggle. They don't have any consistent legitimate running game outside of josh allen they actually led the league in average rushing yards per attempt in the regular season but that was all that was a fake stat because it was josh allen scrambling and that's not real like rushing yeah singletary
0: and cook were not and it
1: wasn't even necessarily their fault like they're just they don't call run plays they call so many pass plays they get so you know josh allen happy And listen, if I was a play caller and I had Josh Allen as my quarterback, I'd probably want to let him sling the thing around as well. But you got to establish some kind of a running game outside of your quarterback scrambling. And they and in the games that they've lost over the last few years, yes, their defense has let them down. But also, the if they can control the clock and run the ball a little bit and help their defense out, you know, it goes hand in hand. But the Bills, there's been a lot of you know a lot of conversation about. Whether they're missing pieces, like they're not missing any pieces, man. I mean, they had a home game in the playoffs in the snow against a team that they could have beat. They were favored to beat by six points. They had everything in the world to play for, all the motivation in the world. And I mean, I just don't understand how you lay a dud like that. It's just, yeah, especially it's not a personnel home, issue,
0: you know, in front of you, in front of your crowd. Yeah, it's and again, like uh, we've seen the signs of at least the Bills just getting sloppy at points, right? like and you got to protect the rock especially in the NFL right there's yeah. there's no team with i guess the exception of the Jaguars at the beginning of the playoffs there's no team that can be reckless with the football and still win games like that and that isn't even necessarily what you know cost the Bills this past game but what it does is kind of show like you know a disciplined football team versus a less disciplined football team. Oh, yeah. And like the whole reason the Bengals won that game and have a chance against KC is again, they're one of the cleanest football teams that I have ever seen play. They keep penalties to an absolute minimum. They protect the freaking football. They've gotten a lot better at protecting their quarterback and they play disciplined defense and they don't bite on bait and stick with their assignments, right? Unless you're Eli Apple. Unless you Eli. <laughs> yeah, you're Which he will the- do a- totally yeah. totally um yeah i mean i man i know we've hated on both eli apple a decent amount more Jalen ramsey than eli apple oh because
1: um, Jalen ramsey is a stud i mean eli app like he got beat had a rough year this year i um, yeah, i would say he but, had a i mean eli apples is year, but yeah Ramsey's, eli apple's a joke
0: ramsey is leagues better than apple and they oh, talk the same the amount same. of shit and yeah, that's yeah. why i get annoyed by it oh um, yeah yeah well okay quickly and like, I know this like is you know only a rumor right now, but like there's a lot of push from the Lions fan base that we should use. I don't want our second round Ramsey. pick or our first round pick to get Ramsey. I don't think that's a good idea. I that's don't what I was going to say, is because after watching him play this season, I think he cares about his bags way more than I think he cares about actually being the best corner in the league. Which is fine at, at his stage in his career. That does happen. Um, he. He, I think, cares about himself more than he cares about his team, which also does happen at this level. But then the one thing that goes with that is then you have to perform. And I don't feel like this year he really performed as well as a top corner in the league should be performing. The
1: biggest thing about that, John, is I don't think it's necessarily an issue of whether he's going to perform. I think he would come and he would be our best defensive player right away. I just, I like, that's just who he is. That's who he's been his whole career. What I'm worried about is the culture fit. When we have a bunch of non-stars, like the Lions are full of guys that are not the big contract, you know, highly touted NFL names. We have Jerry Goffs, the St. Browns, the Swifts, the Jamal Williams, the guys that have kind of been, you know, left up for grabs around the right. league. Like they're not highly wanted guys. At least they weren't when they were became Lions, whether they were drafted or whether we signed them. So I think that that's a culture that has blended in with Campbell's idea of like, we're going to be the underdogs, we're going to have great, we're going to do this. If you start bringing in the big names like Jalen Ramsey and he doesn't like something that Dan Campbell says to him, that's not a good culture, right? He, that, he comes in I, and thinks I, he's the top dog right away, which he would. Yep. That's not a culture fit.
0: Especially, again, though, I honestly do think that there was a drop-off in performance this past year, but it, Jalen Ramsey sure as hell doesn't think that. No, he believes he's the best. And you have
1: to exactly. believe you're the best in order right. to be the best. That's, Especially as I mean, a corner.
0: Especially as yeah. a corner that's that ego has to go with it. But I agree with you. And, like, we've been so careful about the way we manage our cap, the way that we bring in young talent and get literally the best out of them from pretty much the get-go, right? Again, we had five rookies starting on defense this past year, and it looked rough the first half of the year, but it improved. So to me, it's like, man, drafts draft some depth if you if you know, obviously that's what you need because those young guys are gonna be with you for years. And that's yeah. better than going and trading one of those first round picks for a guy like Jalen Ramsey. But then on top of it, too, like, man, if we took a swing at say Lattimore, well, I feel like it's just a much better cultural fit, right? Right. Like, I think that would make more sense and it's more conservative, right? Lattimore is not gonna be asking for you know, he's not going to have the same expectations as, as Jalen. And even then I would be pretty cautious about what you trade for that. Right. Yeah. Like if you can get it done for a second round. Okay.
1: No first round picks for these guys. That's right, just not right, worth right. it. So what are your thoughts, John on, um, there's people that think that damar Hamlin, that he's maybe not healthy enough to be going to the game. Or some people are even saying that he is dead. And I, that-
0: I, yeah, I was curious I, if this was going to come up on the podcast and, you know, I guess like, Mark and I, I would not consider ourselves to be in the conspiracy theory.
1: Some of them I'll I'll,
0: I'll get behind, but this is like... This is a stretch. The the camera work is the weirdest part, right? But to me, it's like, okay, this dude just nearly died. Like, he's probably not trying to, like, you know, pull up and be very visible, to say the least. Especially considering the fact that if people did see his face when he was walking around and shit... Like Again, you're recovering from a near-death experience. I really wouldn't want people swarming me or anything like that. I want to be a little bit more low-key. But as Mark is alluding to, there's conspiracies. There's, oh, he covered his face and, you know, it was hard. Yeah, they never showed. uh... And so the conspiracy is that he actually died and uh, that was a body double in there. And this is like, this is the same type of conspiracy as like the NFL is completely rigged, right? Where it's like, how are you going to get the secrecy of all
1: seventy of those guys, yeah.
0: 70, 80 guys plus their coaches, right? And like, and
1: training staff and, and you know exactly, medical team and like every Exactly. It's like if they were able to do it, you know, wow. is all I'm saying. That's, well
0: if if that's the case then the NFL should get their own government going because they're better yeah, at keeping secrets than the CIA. So yeah. like <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, interesting little I guess, side news story that came up. Um, I want to, before we hop into these, these last three games, and then kind of look ahead for the, the championship weekend. I do also want to talk about coaching changeover. So big ones that happened just within the past, like 48 hours here. Um, Sean Payton's probably not going to take a coaching gig this year. From what which it sounds I like.
1: Kind of, which you did, did I too. say? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You I literally feel like said right exactly pick. that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, Frank Reich, the Colts, former head coach. Was selected to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers.
1: Uh, you see Lich. the fun fact that he was the first uh, Panther to ever throw a pass, first starting quarterback as a Panther to throw a pass for them back when he was a mm-hmm. player.
0: No, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. That's so cool. he
1: started it off way back when, and now he's coaching them, which is uh, I I don't get you know I don't know I, I I'm not thrilled about that hire. I think he just good fe- it
0: felt like a safe hire, right? Because that's, right. I think, what he was with the Colts is he's like a "we'll get you around five hundred, take it or leave it" kind of guy,
1: and, and they want a quarterback-friendly guy, which you know, former quarterback, he's had some success with some guys, but this is, the, I mean, I don't know, dude, I'm not yeah. thrilled about it, but yeah, he's a safe hire, he's a yeah. likable coach, he's been around,
0: yeah, I mean, he, he's he's likable, he's got the experience, like I'm not saying it's a bad hire, I'm saying that
1: it's not, it's, it's not going to aggressive enough. Exactly. Yeah. It's
0: not an aggressive fire. I'd be could mad Change if I was your an franchise. Answer. Yeah. Well, what could change your franchise is uh, hiring an offensive coordinator that makes you look very attractive to one of the best quarterbacks in the league by the name of Aaron Rodgers,
1: which is what the Jets did. That's which what John's is the, to. the
0: Jets just hired uh, Hackett, who apparently was Rodgers' favorite offensive coordinator ever. At least that's the narrative that has persisted the past you know four or five years. Um
1: as the oc it's pretty much a lock dude that that's where he's going can i just put that out there yeah you think that they hired hackett you know you don't think that had anything to do with that hire
0: no i think it went home i think they're the 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 jets owner or gm or whoever literally said like yeah like what do you want two first rounders for rogers we'll make that happen like we'll
1: yeah we'll get that figured out i think in that interview it went a little bit like this so, what happened in Denver? It was a shit show. Okay. Well, can you get us Aaron Rodgers? And he probably said, shit. I don't know. Probably. And they were like, okay. Well, we'll we're going to hire you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you even have a little bit of a chance to get Aaron Rodgers to the New York Broadway Jets, like, dude, he's going to be a star there. Dude. With that team, with that dude. I was about to say, like, with that, that offensive with that line. Media, like, he's going to that's what he's that's what he's always missed being out in green bay right he's been yeah. away from the away from the stardom he's been a star outside of where stars live his whole yeah. career
0: and i mean the weapons that are that are like so like i think prove themselves to be very reliable stable weapons with a horrible quarterback right so what what will those weapons do with a quarterback that's probably one of the most accurate passers in the league even at his age right now and then you have a rock solid defense to go with it like I I'd say the dude, Jets' defense and, is and, better than the Packers' and it's defense. a no-brainer.
1: You let you let Will listen Zach Wilson. Like talent-wise, is one of the most talented arms you know athletically in the league. Like that dude can make every throw if you ask him to make every throw. He's just not like mentally and you know mature-wise. He's not ready to start. You let that dude develop behind Aaron Rodgers for a few years. We might see what exactly happened with Rodgers and Favre, where. Rogers was also a little bit immature, and I'm not saying Zach Wilson is good is as good as Aaron Rodgers, but I'm saying you let someone like that with the so talent he has you, you don't
0: think that they would try to get Wilson out of the building with that trade.
1: No, I think they would keep Wilson as long as they have him on that rookie deal. And interesting. Okay. I think they I think they would keep Wilson in the building and hope that uh, I mean, I think I don't know, it would it'd be it would be up for debate, but I think they would keep Wilson underneath Rogers. Okay. I don't and hope that he can turn it around.
0: I don't disagree with you. I'm just that's that's interesting that
1: because they did draft him second overall. I mean, that's hard to just let him.
0: Yeah, I'm just moderately worried about his. I mean, really, his maturity affecting the locker room, because it did sound like it did do that last year. For sure. And obviously, but, one guy can't get totally. Yeah. But also, I think Zach Wilson would be smart enough to kind of like sit down and shut up. Oh yeah. I mean, if you if you bring Rodgers, Rodgers in,
1: it's a whole new it's a whole new ball game. Like Rodgers is the guy. What he says goes. Those guys are gonna have to you know mix and create relationships with Aaron Rodgers. And Zach Wilson's gonna take the backseat. He's he's not stupid. You know, he's not gonna be like, oh, I could compete with Aaron Rodgers. Like, no. He looked up to Aaron Rodgers his whole life. He watched him play when he was younger. He's that. You know, Wilson's young enough where he's like, okay. I used to watch you like I watched you win a Super Bowl when I was like 10 years old. Like, I'm going to let you ride this thing out, you know, and learn from you. And yeah, I guess you're
0: right. But that yeah. was
1: I think that was the best coaching move of, of the day. And then also Dan Quinn choosing to stay in Dallas. That was interesting. Right. Yeah. Doubling down on the Cowboys is always a smart move. That's never got anybody in any trouble. Right. So
0: good segue Been <laughs> what 40 years. Look, what did we both say? And we both, okay, Cowboys fans, like, I get it. You harassed us about saying that Tampa was going to beat them. But Mark and I could have not been more correct about how that next game was going to transpire. And you guys, for your last shot, Hail Mary effort, put Ezekiel Elliott at center. So uh, keep it up the streak of doing something absolutely stupid to end the game as well. Um, Can we
1: backtrack to, like, that whole drive, John? The first play of the drive, they he almost got. He almost took a safety. He should have been safety. It wasn't even a like. But, the, I don't know what the defensive, the defensive lineman, lineman was doing. The, he literally the best just
0: theory we could come up with watching that was that he thought the ball was already out and didn't want to get a roughing the passer.
1: That yeah, that or yeah, the roughing the passer. He was worried about hitting the quarterback. You know, because it was going to be a big hit because Zach was defenseless. Like he was just standing there, and if he would have like lit him up, which he could have very easily. You know they're throwing a flag or some stupid shit, right? But yeah. if that if Dak would have taken a safety on the first play of that last drive, it would have been the funniest thing in the whole world. I mean, because he showed up, he I don't know how he didn't throw that ball away, right? But right, he got lucky as hell that the defensive lineman just chose not to tackle him. Yeah, but, but they didn't
0: do anything with the opportunity. It then. allowed
1: us to see Dalton Schultz not get two feet down, which was hilarious for oh no reason. God, like that's that all you so do bad. as a tight end receiver. That's all you train is knowing where your feet are. No one around you. And you don't put your feet down. And then you have the trickery Zeke at center play, which we were very lucky and blessed that we were able to witness that. Watching the like Dude, he got was... leveled. He got absolutely <laughs> leveled. And then not only did he get leveled, Dak throws the ball on a slant route to, to Turpin, and Turpin just. It gets was crap. It was a Kirk Cousins, st- like, like. It was it literally was, the exact
0: same and scenario. I, and I did, it's like check down to the guy in the middle of the field and he's going to get yeah. murdered. They
1: it. were going to try to do some sort of lateral game. And it was like you know, right. they were throw to him and he was going to run a little bit and then flip it. And they brought Zeke. Everything makes sense in terms of like a coaching mind of what they were trying to do. But to execute it that poorly is just absolutely hilarious. It, looks it was like, absolutely hilarious. You couldn't even tell like what they were trying to do. They,
0: I was about to say, it looks like they hardly even ran it in practice where it's like, okay, right. like we need yeah. to have like a contingency, like hail Mary play boys. Like, what are we thinking? And then the OC is like this. And they're like, all right, That's get good. in formation. So you're going to go, okay, we're good. We're good. And like, that was it. That was the conversation.
1: The Niners defense is legit, man. Is legit. I've been saying
0: I've been, so Mark and I were talking before the uh, stream started, I think best easily. Best front seven in the NFL.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Not even it's they're they're and but the problem is it's it's not like their their back guys are bad. They're loaded in the secondary too. They just they do have you're speaking of fact. They have a the best front seven, but their their back end guys are like top three or four in the league. Yeah. No. I their secondary is legit.
0: They can they can run with anybody. So and they're so
1: well coached.
0: Right. I mean, which is the Shanahan State. We talk about clean football, winning games, man. Like that's
1: not even just Shanahan. Like Demico Ryan's has done an amazing. Yeah. He should be- become a head coach after this yeah. season. Like he's done an outstanding job calling yeah. that defense. Getting, I mean, he has great weapons. Don't get me wrong, but the way he's using them and he's and he's taking advantage of their full capabilities. That's what a- that's what a, a coordinator is all about. Yeah. understand the roster you have get the most out of them. He's got it's a loaded The 49ers' roster.
0: identity is just like maximizing their talent love and it. playing mistake-free football.
1: I love it's... watching them play both sides of the ball. I love watching yeah. the Niners. Like there's never a time when I'm watching a Niners game where I'm not like, dude, this is this is great to watch. I love this play calling on both O and D. That I it's fun to watch, man. I'm glad that they won. I'm very happy to see the Cowboys not in this game because they would have gotten absolutely throttled by the Eagles. Yeah, and then I guess, you know, just talking about these other two
0: games which one was a little bit more game more of a game than the other, but neither of these next two games are really, you know, quite as nail-biting to say the least, but uh, you know, Eagles just I mean, look, I've said the Giants all season kind of gave me fraudulent vibes. They I don't know fraudulent. I don't know what losing by damn near 40 points to your divisional opponent is supposed to say about you, but uh, the Eagles were so clearly the better team in that offensively defensively just absolutely crushed him
1: john you remember the narrative coming into the season where we talked about how that division was going to suck right uh, we were like well, i did not say that about the eagles so like, i've been no, no, you said the, the eagles. eagles were going to be good yeah but we were worried about the commanders the giants that they were going to be yeah. horrible That the cowboys yeah, yeah. were a very iffy yeah. team right and we were like, wait, this is like the best division of all time, right? For most of the season, they had the best, like literally the best record a division could possibly have. And then the whole time we were like, the Giants aren't that good though, right? And they kept winning games and they found a way to somehow beat the Vikings who just ended up being more fraudulent. But here's the thing, when fraud meets fraud, someone's got to (laughs) win, right? So then we're like, oh, wait, the Giants could actually compete. And then they go in and they were fraud the whole time. They just were able to hide long enough until they met someone legit.
0: They had to play, which is exactly what the Cowboys got away with, too. Let's not make a mistake. And uh, I'm going to keep digging at them because we hate the Cowboys here on this podcast. But also, the the Giants got lucky enough to play the worst defense, not just in the playoffs, in the NFL. Literally, statistically, they finished the season, the regular season, as a worse defense than even the Lions. They do not have a secondary. They let up big plays, big passes all the time, all season. And so the Giants got to play that and then they played a real defense with the eagles who also have an amazing front seven right and mark and i are going to talk about how like you know this nfc championship matchup might be the best trenches play that we'll see um all season
1: we but talk like, about the big boys which we don't do a lot of i'm sure john's thrilled as a former lineman we don't talk about we don't right. talk about the guys up front enough no
0: and so i'm just like you know, obviously the 49ers have Bosa, right? And so that's like probably the best edge rusher in the league, if not definitely like top three. And then the Eagles have a, a really damn reliable offensive line through and through, especially their interior offensive line. And then you can really say the same thing on the opposite side of the ball uh, where the 49ers probably have the best to in the league. And then the Eagles probably have the best interior defensive line in the league as well with, uh, with Davis and Cox kind of splitting time, I mean,
1: and Graham like, and and Graham yeah. and yeah. So
0: You're, it's like overall, right. It's not even like, okay, this line matches up, you know, it's going to be a crazy matchup against this line because like, it's going to be like individual players within that where it's like, okay, where's the, it's a heavyweight heavy title fight. It's a heavyweight title fight up front. Awesome. And, uh,
1: you know, we'll get into this game a little bit more moving forward, but, um, Man, it's it's exciting to talk about because it really is the two best offensive and defensive lines in football. And there's a they're a very large part of the reason that they're there behind. You know, Jalen Hurts has had a hell of a year, but I mean, Brock Purdy is in this game. You know, I wouldn't say it's all on Brock Purdy's shoulders. I think it's largely, in fact, that he has a great defense behind him and a great offensive line and running game. Jalen Hurts, you could say a lot of the same stuff. Obviously, he's had an MVP mm-hmm. level year, but he has a lot of help around him. Right. And Jalen Hurts hadn't had that kind of success in this league until he had. I, I would say right. the arm talent of both quarterbacks is questionable. Is, is right? And, and not same. even questionable, but just similar, right? Similar, I'm not, right? Yeah. It's not
0: it's not the arm talent of Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes that these quarterbacks do not have that arm talent. What right. they have is a system with a lot of really good weapons and all they do is their job when it comes to throwing passes and then hurts obviously has also the added benefit that he can easily rush for 100 yards a game too. He yeah. did that a lot during the regular
1: you season. You put the four, you put the four quarterbacks in a room and you say two of these are not like the other. Can you figure out what what the difference is? And it's not hard to tell, right? I mean right. and uh, you know, you can you can look at that, you know, the rookie deal and that whole thing, right? And that matters, right? There's been a lot of talk about being able to win Super Bowls while your quarterback's still on his early career deal where you're not have to pay him a shit ton of money. And that's legit. I mean, we've seen that happen, not just in the last few years, but that's happened. That's oh, a Then you get that out seeing. of burrow
0: right now, right? I right. Mean, he's right his now Rookie deal and he's probably the best quarterback in the league. So, yeah. And you see the yeah. benefit that that adds where you can load up on weapons or in the Bengals case, load up on making sure that franchise quarterback doesn't get murdered
1: every single play. So. Yeah. 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 Man, I'm all excited. I'm all excited. Are we ready to get into this weekend's games, John? Or. Yeah. I mean, uh, Casey beat the Jaguars.
0: That's all I got. got to say on that. It one. Was, Sorry, There's. I mean, but. we
1: can't talk about the injury. I guess would be something yeah. we can. Which a lot of people are saying is dirty hit. I listen. It's football, man. He, he was like part of when you're trying to tackle someone. Like if you take someone's legs out, they'll go down. Like that's just part of how you tackle I mean, it's, people. It's like' a, he's a not lineman gonna, trying to make a
0: play. Like, they're
1: not going to gently like you're playing an aggressive sport. He's not in that moment thinking, oh, this is the you know the franchise. This is the face of the league. I'm not going to. I want to tackle him softly. He's not doing that. He's just trying to get him on the ground because that will help his team win the game.
0: Right. And softening up. And for those who haven't played football, like softening up for even half a second at any point during a play could literally dangerous for you. It's and and it can injure you. It can actually make everybody more injured. It's 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 a sport where literally it is a safety precaution to go all out 100 percent at all times, because if you don't and you let your guard down, that's where the serious injuries can really happen. Um, yeah. And I right, like, you, in,
1: like in boxing or fighting, right. There's like sparring, right. Or like, right. you know, we're not actually going to kill each other in football. There is no such thing, man. Like, right. If you're like, you got to go, like, it's d- more dangerous to play that half ass.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it was, I-, I always remember like the kids that were afraid to like run the Oklahoma drills back when you and I were playing together. It's like, dude, those are the kids that got freaking murdered. Yeah. Like, and and it hurt a whole lot more. I promise you to like soften up when someone's tackling you than to try to meet that force. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I guess just that's kind of how physics works out, uh, especially when you're playing football. And again, like this is by some like of the like nicest guys on earth or like nicest guys in the NFL will still like also have emotions run hot and like push or shove or try to punch somebody on the other team. It's like. It's not because of the fact that like they're like a like you know naturally like violent people that are looking to hurt other people. It's literally they just because play of the a fact violent that, like,
1: sport. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You are doing something that requires that mentality and sometimes that releases it to other things and I promise you like none of those guys really like um, unless you're you know Lattimore and Mike Evans, none of those right. guys leave the field and like hold grudges. Like it's just kind of like what happens when you're in the moment and you're heated and shit like that
1: happens. So John, I, I think we got to talk about this before we get into this weekend's game. What Patrick Mahomes did in terms of toughing it out. Okay, like that. He, he just turned into a pocket passer. I'm not a huge Mahomes <laughs> like, like, fan. I, I, I've i never been a, like I'm a Josh Allen fan. I've been on this podcast the entire time we've been doing episodes. We know. Okay? We know. I've never, like we've given Mahomes some flowers here and there, right? We've given him some credit. What he did, I'm sold. I'm sold, man. That was a nasty injury. It it was not any sort of exaggerating. He was legitimately like, that was a legitimate ankle sprain. That was I've tried to play not only football but basketball through sprains. It is not easy, man, and especially when you're a quarterback that wants to move and that's where you're most comfortable is when you can have that escapability. The fact that he didn't even hesitate, he stayed in the game, could barely move, could barely even get in the backfield to give a handoff. They take him out of the game because they're telling, they can tell he's struggling. Andy Reid doing what Andy Reid's supposed to do, saying, "Listen, we're not putting you back in there. You can't move." Him saying to Andy Reid, "Dude, f that. I'm going back in the game." Like that's just like an assassin, like badass mentality, dude. Like you're not taking me out of this game. It means more to me than you know the next guy. Like I, I need to be on the field. And then for him to jog his ass back in, get cleared, jog back out, and then play well and win the game on one leg. Dude, like, I'm sold. Not, not only that, too,
0: but somebody pointed this out, and I think it's it's an even more like profound point based off of what you're saying, is he was taking a ton of snaps under center, too, when he did that, right? Usually yeah. if a guy's leg is messed up in that situation, they're taking all of the snaps out of shotgun so that he can just take his hand Cash off it, and then yeah. do his reads and throw the ball without having to move a ton. To take it under center... Like, that's an entirely different level. Dude, he of badass, ran the ball, dude.
1: he ran <laughs> the ball early in the third quarter and was like, was skipping and then dove forward for, for like that dude. Not only are you the most talented physically in the league, but you're gonna come out and be a badass like that and play yeah. through a serious injury. Like, dude, you, I'm so, you know, what's I'm, really I'm,
0: interesting too, right? Is that like, and I this sticks out in my head so much. It's like he went through that mid season wall last year where he just did not look like himself, and I think. There's a very heavy correlation to that, and how high his brother's TikToks were trending. Dude, listen.
1: Who have we not Jackson heard Mah- about? You keep Jackson Mahomes as far away from the Kansas That's what City Chiefs I'm trying to say, so dude. Him and his wife. Like Mahomes' like, wife and Jackson we haven't heard combined.
0: shit about them this entire season. We have not. Although, heard John, I thing. will
1: say, I will say, you're onto something, and. I am confidently, as we'll get into our picks here soon, picking the Chiefs to win this weekend. It scared me because I was scrolling through my TikTok, which Sean hates because he's a conspiracy theorist, but a Jackson Mahomes TikTok popped up on my thing. Oh, no. What is that telling me?
0: Football karma's a little scary, man. I what would, is that I would telling me? Right?
1: They've kept him quiet. I haven't seen anything about that dude all year, and the Chiefs have been rolling. And then all of a sudden, before the AFC Championship game, that dude wants to hop into the cloud. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't like it. I didn't like seeing that pop up. It it's like bad luck, bad juju. Yeah.
0: Oh, speaking of speaking of bad juju, I mean, what if juju goes and and joins Jackson on some of the TikTok dances? Cause oh my you know god! That god. Juju don't even get me started, big on too.
1: dude.
0: This is dangerous, dangerous
1: territory. We're very dangerous. Here. But hey, we have Eli Apple on their side, so Karma <laughs> equaling out. You it's know. a fair game. It fair just, game. It's, it's a, a money-in-line situation. So now it's just back to like, okay, who's going to win? And I'm Chiefs are going to win the game. All right. So we're back. Okay. So, okay. So
0: let's, we already kind of started talking about these, but let's like formally go through. So obviously, Bills did not beat the Bengals. So my Super Bowl prediction, half of it is wrong for sure. But now, Bengals, Chiefs. And I got to think the Chiefs have not beat the Bengals with Joe Burrow at the helm yet. yeah right yet uh mahomes is injured and i don't care what anybody says yes he was walking fine and practicing fine that shit hurts and i'm sure it doesn't feel better today like it like 100% like it did before he game.
1: looked i don't know if you've seen him He he's, he's walking, walking around, around okay
0: i know i know i'm saying just because he's walking around without like you know favoring oh, yeah, one leg or the other he's right, still right, hurt right right yeah Bengals just had a huge win, again, playing some of the cleanest football that I've ever seen them play. I just, all of these things together, I think the Bengals are more, more likely to win this game. It's a tight margin. It was really hard to make that, that uh, you know, kind of decision last year too, because I do think I picked the Bengals to win uh, last year in the AFC Championship as well. Um it's going to be an amazing rematch. It's, you know, probably the two best quarterbacks in the league, it's going to be awesome, but I do think the Bengals squeak out.
1: All right. All right. Listen. I'm very confident that the Chiefs will win this game. I'm very confident. And there's I don't normally, like when I normally do my picks, I don't look at like the odds or, you know, I don't look at DraftKings or FanDuel or anything like that. I normally just use my brain. And I'm right probably most of the time. I'm wrong a lot of the time as well. But when it comes to like games as big as this at the highest, highest level in the NFL, the bookies, okay, the gambling world, they're almost never wrong, okay? Because there's just so much data and so many people working on it, and the analytics behind it are very, very accurate like at a very alarmingly high rate. What has directed me into because I was going to say Bengals all week, and then I looked at the lines and I looked at what's happened to the game line. When the game line first came out, it was the Chiefs' favor to win by two points. Okay, maybe two and a half. Within hours of that line getting released, it flipped. Not only did it go past just a pick'em game, it was Cincinnati favor. Okay. That means there's a shit ton of money on the Cincinnati Bengals money line and spread to win. All right. Like over 70% of the money is on the Bengals. Vegas doesn't like losing money. All right. They didn't build Las Vegas by losing bets. Okay. Um, Kansas City is the underdog, quote unquote, if you look at where the money's at. Now the line has moved back since Mahomes has been declared like healthy. It's moved back. So the Chiefs are back, quote unquote, favorites. But that line movement tells a story, man. It does. Okay. And I I have learned in my short time gambling that that matters, especially in big games where all eyes are on those games. You want to go bet on a Mac football game? there's a much higher chance you're going to get a steal of a line. Um, but in the NFL and a championship weekend game, dude, they're very rarely wrong. So that line movement leads me to believe the chiefs. But then also I start just thinking logically, all of the reasons that the people thought the Bengals might lose the bills last week, I think are going to get exposed in this game. So the offensive line issues that Cincinnati has, I think that the chiefs will be able to get after Joe Burrow a little bit more. I think that they have a better defensive coordinator they match up better with what Cincinnati's trying to do. They stop the run better than the than the Bills do. And I just, you know, I'm not saying they're gonna stop the Bengals. It's gonna be a game. Um, but I just think that it's gonna cause them more issues. It's not gonna be as easy as it was against sure. Buffalo to just move on okay, field.
0: And good, good uh, you know, like caveat there, like everything Mark and I say about both of these games, like. These are going to be games. Like not, they're going to be think, games. Yeah, I don't think either of us are are very confident in the sense where we can like both be like, oh yeah, like this is a lock. Like all four of these teams are absolutely incredible for their own reasons. Um, and we're talking like little just little bits and pieces and why one team might be better than the other. Um, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I am I am confident enough
1: point. to say that the Chiefs is a lock to win. I'm not saying that they're going to handle. I will say it's a lock. I think the Chiefs are going to win at home. I think Mahomes is gonna come out and look absolutely completely normal. Like he's not even gonna look like he was injured. I think he's gotten the treatment all week. They're gonna have him braced up, taped up. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna look like normal Patrick Mahomes. And I think that he's got he's got the edge. He's got the okay, I haven't beaten Joe Burrow. He's got the home, you know, home field advantage. Arrowhead's one of the toughest places to play. Andy Reid's a super smart coach, right? He's been in this they've been in five straight AFC championship games, right? So I crazy. think that I think everything I I don't know, man. I'm I, I if Joe Burrow pulls this off, you know I, I'm going to have to come and eat my humble pie here. But I think the Chiefs are going to get it done. I, I sure. really do. I think I'm damn confident in it. For the po- I, I I was going to say you know I wouldn't be as confident, but the way that the points are moving makes me really confident. That's that's why I'd say it's a lock. Fair enough. And then um,
0: Eagles Niners, right? We already previewed this by saying, look, both of these teams have incredible. Like, both of them, I'd say, top five in the league, offensive and defensive lines. And for that reason, this is probably going to be my favorite game that I've watched out of any of these playoff games is because, like, the big boys are going to be going at it this entire game. and then you I'm more that... looking
1: forward to this game. No, oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And then you add in the fact that you've got two young quarterbacks surrounded by weapons, right? Absol- every single one of the guys that are a part of that supporting cast are – playmakers and have shown that throughout the entire season. I would probably favor the 49ers offense, but it is tough man going going in either direction. I just I like Debo, CMC and IU can kittle. Like I mean that's ridiculous, right? Both and then defensively, defensively I would say the Eagles probably have one of the best defensive backfields in the league uh by having, you know, uh CJ uh Gardner-Johnson and Darius Slay. <laughs> like yeah they're they these teams are loaded man like like both of these teams are disgustingly talented and very well coached and and uh I think I heard Brandon Purna, who's a youtuber uh that's worth checking out um say that this is like the frat coach versus the nerd coach, and he picked the eagles for it because like the frat guy always always ends up winning out against the nerd. And I'm like, okay, fair argument. Now, Mark, you you have some things that you want to say about Sirianni.
1: So, I'm, can I'm we pull up that. the video? Can we pull up the video that I sent you? You're gonna have to scroll a little bit to find it. But okay, what John's pulling up, guys, is Sirianni is acting like it's the WWE when he's out there coaching. I mean, he's finding the camera after a big play, and he's nodding his head and like licking his lips. Like, dude, look at this dude. Does it not make you want to either love that dude or punch him in the face? <laughs> i mean i feel like he's i feel like he's like deserving of a, a beatdown, dude oh and he's he's got a, a potty mouth too on that sideline like he's been caught a bunch dude, of he's times like, you like, see the guy behind it. him this, this jack dude probably a strength coach he's like after every touchdown he's like chest bumping this dude like oh yeah like i know what i'm doing like you know and he's <laughs> listen he would be a super fun coach to play for he's had a ton of success but that's the kind of coach that if if you're winning games, no one's gonna talk shit about you. He's okay? he's the most he's the most
0: Philadelphia coach I think I've ever seen. In my dude, exactly.
1: Life. And the people of Philadelphia, like, listen, no offense, but like I'm hearing like you guys are kind of assholes in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Like I I've heard some, over there. I've heard some some tough stuff about those fans. Like they're not exactly welcoming.
0: Oh, dude, w- win or lose, it's like it's like, hey, we should burn down the city.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, like they're that's Philly the vibe are, in Philly. Philly people are crazy. Um but yeah, man, I feel like Nick Sirianni has, I think he's ordered up his humble pie, man. You know, he's had his fun. I think that the 49ers are going to go in there and beat him. I yeah, think that Shannon's a smarter coach.
0: Way, I, yeah. I did, I did not make a pick. I think the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Like, yeah,
1: I do too. And, um, you know, I just, I just feel like, you know, I, I posted a TikTok. Go check it out. It talks about why you why you want to bet the parlay Chiefs and Moneyline money line Chiefs and, um, Niners both to win. Uh it's the it's the best odds you're going to get. I think it's like plus 330 of all the possible Super Bowl pairings, which is fishy. Um but I just think that the 49ers will win this game. Not because of like they're not going to like dominate them. It's not going to be like that, but I just think that what the Eagles have done offensively all year, no one has slowed them down except for really the Washington Commanders. Like when Jalen Hur- Hurts is healthy, no one has slowed them down except for the Washington commanders that one week where they kind of fell apart. And that was just because they couldn't establish a consistent running game and they had to rely on solely Jalen hurts. And I'm not talking just like not being able to run the ball off play action stuff. I'm talking like their RPO game. That's why Jalen hurts thrives is like the RPO stuff. And John, I don't know how familiar you are with like the RPO stuff, but the RPO stuff is, yeah, it's, I don't know
0: as much football as you, but I mean, you know, I, I do like, have a podcast that I, I dedicate like, a lot of time to. I know,
1: so. I'm not, and I'm not even saying I'm. Feel, I feel like the average football, like the, is so new. You know what I mean? That a lot of people miss what's actually happening with it. I know that you're smarter than the average person. Well, okay, in so home.
0: really, it's it's that new because I was always under the assumption that like this was kind of like the college standard for like a it, long it, time. It is kind of leaked its way into the NFL.
1: It's leaking this way. I mean, like it's like newer in the NFL, especially at the rate that the like it started to creep its way in. And, you know, everybody's kind of doing it now, but no one does it at the rate that the Eagles do. And no one does it as well as the Eagles do. And I think part of the reason they do it so well is because they have a dominant offensive line. And Jalen Hurts is the perfect quarterback to do it with. Right, I th- But the thing with the RPO, though, is when you play against a team like the Niners that play a lot of zone coverage and they're able to do that because they can commit their studs to stopping the run. They don't have to bring the safeties down to help you know, tackle. You have Fred Warner basically making every tackle that he needs to make. You have Boza disrupting everything in the backfield, whether it's a pass or run. Um, because of that, I think it's going to throw off the timing of these RPOs. The, the reads aren't going to be as clear and easy. I mean, it was literally like they were practicing against the Giants. I mean, it was so easy. Like he would just ride a mesh, pull the ball, throw it to the tight end, got her just wide open. It was, it was like, it was practice. I mean, it was probably easier than what it was in practice for them. When you play against the Niners, I think they're the team that's built to stop. You're not going to get away with that.
0: And then also, and obviously like, you know, we're talking right now, like how a defense matches up with an offense. And, and so like what I'm about to say next, isn't like obviously one-to-one, but then you look at the Niners, Right. Shanahan is the king of play action. And like, in my opinion, like you take an NFL offense that's built on RPOs versus an NFL offense that's built on play action, play action wins every time, right? Because if you run that correctly and you can get that run game established, which I don't think I've seen the 49ers fail to get the run game established the entire season. Play it was action shaky
1: against Dallas, honestly. but they, It was they a
0: little it. bit at points, but they, they got it going. And yeah. that's, the th- that's the part that's so deadly about play action is the fact that if you stick with it, that second half and, – and we saw this with the Lions all season too because they use play action incredibly well. Right. If you stick it through and you get to that second half, like the sky's the limit with what your offense can do usually because yeah. the defense is too tired to be able to just continue with you. to honor
1: that and respect I'm that. I'm with you. So you, trust, I, you trust the play action in a, in a big game, young quarterbacks – right? You trust the play action plays and if consistently run the ball over making the proper read and having successful plays on RPOs at a higher rate. Like what's going to hit at a higher rate, you know, of success in that game. I, You're right. It's going to be the play action and just normally downhill running the ball, you know, establishing your dominance. Right. And I think the Eagles will try to do a little bit of that without RPO early on, but I just don't think they're going to be able to just jam the ball down the 49ers defense. Like I, they're going to have to go to their RPOs. Right. And the one thing I, that
0: has me hesitant, though, is how good the Eagles' interior defensive
1: line is, right? Because That does scare me. Right? It does scare me. But the Eagles have had some teams run the ball on them. I mean, the Packers ran the ball on them pretty successfully on that. You know, the, the commanders in that game that they lost to them ran the ball well. The Giants had a few games uh, in the regular season where they ran the ball. Like, there's been some teams that have been able to run the ball on the Eagles. Right. Um. I don't know, man. I just feel like the 49ers are going to get it done. I don't think many, I think many people are, I think the vast majority, in fact, I know the vast majority is money line Eagles, which is just another reason to fade the public. Don't do what everyone else is doing, especially in big games like this. I've learned it the hard way. Um, I just think the 49ers are going to get it done. I think we're going to see the 49ers and the Chiefs rematch in the Super Bowl. And I mean, I don't know. I think the winner of the NFC game is going to win it. I just think that they're better rosters. Like obviously their quarterbacks are nowhere near the levels of the AFC quarterbacks. And that's all we've heard all season long is the AFC, the AFC, the AFC. But these teams are legit.
0: Right. And that's the thing that I think is the past like three years has kind of been the narrative between the AFC and the NFC is I'd say that AFC is generally more competitive and has generally better quarterbacks at the helm. The NFC tends to be more top heavy where you have like, three teams that are in a league of their own. And then everybody beneath them is garbage. And I think if you watch the playoffs, like that's exactly what you got playoff wise, right? The AFC games are a lot tighter, a lot of stud franchise quarterbacks. And then these NFC games have pretty much been blowouts. Like the team that is worse than the other team. It was pretty clearly obvious from the beginning of the yeah. game,
1: you know? Um, yeah. The quarterback play in the AFC is ridiculous, you know, just stacked. And then you look at the NFC, but then who's, who's won the last couple Super Bowls? Right. You know what I mean? NFC teams. You know, it's interesting. I think we have four really good teams left. We have four very different teams left, some great coaches, some superstar quarterbacks, some no names. We have some star role players, right? Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to this game more, honestly, than the Mahomes Burrow matchup. And that's saying something because that's like an all time, that's that's like a Manning Brady level. Like we're going to be talking about Burrow Mahomes. AFC for... NFC Championship Week,
0: best week of football of the season. That's all I'm trying to say. What and... so
1: John, what's your, I guess, uh score predictions on the games? You know, or not even like an exact score, but like a range. Yeah.
0: So so I took the under on Bengals KC, and I took the over on 49ers Eagles.
1: Okay. So interesting, you took the over on the uh second game there, the 49ers. I
0: just, I just think both of these teams are going to score quite a lot of points. Um, and even though I think both these teams are incredible defensively, I think it's going to be like one of those tit for tat kind of situations. Right. And I think it's going to be a very, it's not going to be so many field goals. It's going to be touchdowns when scoring does occur. So that's kind of what influenced that decision for me. I'm going to
1: take, I'm going to take the under in both games. I just think these defenses are going to come to play when it matters most. Um, we're going to see some more field goals rather than touchdowns. Um, just because of, you know, the field gets smaller and smaller. The defense is going to become sharper and sharper. So that's kind of my logic behind that. But I think we have two really good games. Yeah. And hey, I got to
0: applaud ourselves here too. I think that was the most like football, football talk that we've done on this podcast. That
1: was some, that was legit. Yeah. That was legit. You got into the play action RPO debate. Yeah. Love that. I'm sure you've, you've had that one, you know,
0: next to your dad a a couple of times over the years. So
1: yeah. A million times.
0: So, and, and, uh, you know, the Petrito family, I would say is, is the, uh, they carry the torch for the veer in, in the state of Michigan. Is that a, is that a fair argument to say that, um, that the the triple option is just staple by the Petrito family
1: right now? I mean, it was, it was a, it was an Anise thing to begin with. And we'll actually have, um, an Anise on here as a guest next week. Um, but you know, but you guys are related, right? My my cousin Tony Neece is a defensive coordinator. He's going to come on next week at right. Ferris State. His uncle is the head coach, who is he's the Veer godfather That's what I'm, of the right. Michigan. That's what I'm That's trying. Not to my say, uncle. But... That's not my uncle. Okay, got you. That's got his you. uncle, not my uncle. But we're my very dad. close. And um, my dad learned most of what he knows from Tony Neece. Okay. So the Veer, but I, he's now coaching in college. So we are keeping it up. I would say in the high school level. And the funny thing is so many teams are starting to adapt. Like most teams, uh, high school, college pro have a variation of triple option in their playbook. Like, like they a don't package it, like, of triple option, literally, ah, but yeah, right. a package. And like, they've also created variations like off of the triple option where it's not necessarily just like a, you know, an inside V or outside V or like there's different ways, um, that they've added options within play- an RPO, a lot of the time is a triple option, like the, what the Eagles right. do a lot of. It's just a triple option is, with a pass. It's a triple option with the pass as the third option. Right. Jalen Hurts can also pump fake and tuck it and run. That's the second option. The first option would be to hand it off. So right. you see, like the Eagles are running triple option all the time. You just don't necessarily see him run the balls often because it's usually either give or throw. Right. Right. Um, which you'll see him do down the red zone probably ten times in this game on on Sunday. Like you'll see him zone read, pull it and then he'll run and then if they don't guard the tight end he'll flick it to him and if they do guard the tight end he'll tuck it and run in for a 4-yard touchdown like they do that all the time right. it's very hard to stop right
0: um and yeah and not only am i stoked to have your cousin on uh but then at you know some point in the off season here too we're definitely going to have uh mark stad on because um not only is he a, a very bright guy and an amazing speaker and uh you know somebody i pr- literally grew up under um but he's a, a great football mind to have on and kind of be an advocate for the triple option right um because you know I think uh, I think over the years people have, have gotten less and less respect for the veer and then the Adams football you know showed that no nah, it doesn't matter like you can run it against you basically can run it. anybody and if you run it right you win games simple as that so um, yeah anyways sorry got got a little bit uh, carried away there with uh, it's championship
1: weekend john you know like i don't think i don't think people are gonna blame us for getting getting carried away i'm excited man i'm excited we'll do this live stream we'll get anybody's and anybody wants to join in we'll we're gonna bring on if people are super opinionated and want to get on you know get in the comments get in the you know we'll have we'll um, we'll send
0: you a link and bring you on We'll send you a link
1: and bring you on we'll have we're gonna get the guys together we'll get anyone in there we'll hear what people have to say um if people place any bets or anything, you know, put it in the comments. We'll try to sweat it out with you. If you want to ride with me and John chiefs and 49ers place a little wager and ride with us. Cause I got a, I got a feeling that's what's going to hit. That's what's going to happen.
0: Yep. So, uh, so yeah, make sure to follow us on socials to kind of stay updated on that. We are going live at two o'clock Eastern time and we will be staying live until probably around the conclusion of the first quarter. So we will be, watching the game in tandem with one another, kind of reacting to, to what we're seeing to start the game. So super looking forward to it. Hopefully uh, everybody has a, a nice next couple of days, and I hope you're as pumped as Mark
1: and I are for these these matchups this weekend. We've made it this far, John, right? Championship weekend, you know, it's been, a, it's been quite the journey, but we're here, four best teams, and we're going to see who the two top last teams are here pretty shortly. I'm excited yes, to sir. see it.
0: Let's go, baby. We'll see you guys next time. Or, no, we'll see you guys. We'll see you guys in a
1: few days. Yeah, we'll yep. see you guys in a few days. That's exciting. Peace.